Thomas Johnson. Right, Thomas Johnson. The theme. The theme. The theme. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I'm, you know, we started the episode before the theme. There was a song uh, by, it was a mashup um, by the amazing Pam Quinn. Oh, my who, God. Uh, what? None of us have ever met before. Uh, none of us have met before. Uh, we don't know her at all. <laughs> she she um, sounds sexy. We found, we found her randomly <laughs> on the internet. Uh, and she, she's a s- songstress. You songstress. Found her on Craigslist. Willing to work for free. <laughs> it's the new Craigslist. It's called Songstress. And it's, you just look up people at, uh, by genre. Uh-huh. And we looked up Tacky. Mm-hmm. Aww. Aww. Her name popped oh, up. It, up. it was the first one. Back it up. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to Theater Theater, theater the theater, theater podcast for theater people made by three theater nerds mm-hmm. uh, from the LA theater scene. Mm-hmm. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram. I'm CJ Merriman. I'm Scott Leggett. And we're members of the Sacred Fools Theater Company. Each week we get together and we talk about plays and playwrights that we have strong opinions on and we discuss, we debate, and we disseminate all over them. And this is a very special bonus episode. So That's right. Every, after every five playwrights, we do a bonus, right? Last time it was uh, uh, movies that were based on plays, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this one <laughs> is a, a, a very exciting topic for me. I'm a total nerd when it comes to a movie and musicals. Ooh, bam, right? bam, bam, bam. And a very special guest today. Uh, it is uh, a good friend of the pod, yeah. all three of us, uh, Love her dearly, her talent and her tackiness. <laughs> Pam Wynn is here. Yeah. Oh my God, wow. I am just so thrilled to be here with all of you fabulous people. It's a- Pam, how is it that you write us a song for every single miniseries and not hate us yet? Yeah. Well, it's because a lot of my process involves blacking out, so... sure. That's that. <laughs> that's how we recorded the first six miniseries of this podcast, so I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. DJ Scott, how do y'all know Pam? Oh, I like Pam this and I know segment. each other for different reasons. <laughs> I think I met Pam at Fringe, Hollywood Fringe, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had you came and did some serial killers, which is the late night 
show at Sacred Fools. It happens uh, under normal circumstances. Happens uh, Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Sounds it's like a plug. Is this a yeah. plug? Well, it's a it's a vague plug uh, yeah. for the sometime a in the future. Plug for something that doesn't exist right now. Yeah. Um, but then we 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 just we have a bunch of friends in common we and... sure do scott we yeah. sure do yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, especially now and I then remember... i wanted chili cook off you I did to... oh no i won <laughs> second, oh, place. second place second place but let's yeah. not get carried away sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to i saw and it, i can't even remember what fringe it was but the first thing the first work of pam's that i saw was um 13th grade that was and the I first fringe show we did yeah oh really? yeah that okay. would have been it that's and i just yeah. remember being i i i fucking loved it and just <laughs> yeah. being like who the hell wrote this and then i met you like i don't know like maybe the next year during serial killers or something yeah so. yeah and it was a pleasure it was so fun just so fun <laughs> yeah I, I know yeah. i know pam because because she literally messaged me on backstage, I want to say it was. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I, over years I ago was now. real surfing and I found Bailey's reel, I think, on yeah. backstage. And I asked My him to be a part of a, of a VIP table reading series that I had oh, started. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And we just like hit it off right away because her first script that I read, uh, I stayed after, I think. And I was like, hey, this is fantastic. <laughs> send me more yeah. and then i started doing the readings and just fell in love with her writing and uh directed a show that she wrote a musical that she wrote for friends the second and year a bunch our of second year show yeah. that's right runaway clone yep. yes. i saw that one as well yeah uh good times good times but um all that to say she's a great friend a dear friend and uh she also didn't watch one of the four movies for this week so i'm gonna give that <laughs> i can't hard time believe you came it. out swinging with that one right away <laughs> <laughs> This I'm is a very warm and friendly and accepting environment. <laughs> but I do want to I do want to add that neither uh, the three of you would not well actually CJ and Scott would know each other without me, but you guys would not know Bailey without me cuz I brought him to to Sacred That's so Pools. true. That's true. Thanks. I never, thanks. I never yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> We're so if it wasn't for Pam, this podcast wasn't wouldn't exist. That's true. Oh my That's god, way to cut it. Way to cut it. You know what? We're going to take you out for drinks uh, sometime 2022. When, when we have beers when with they're... Manny Baker and Carol Churchill. Yeah, that's right. M is our God in a weird way. Yeah. I'm your um, Jesus Christ creator. That's a good segue into oh, this. No, uh, no. You know, well, we're not going to start with that one. We're, we're going to go in order, but I wanted to say this real quick. I think the four that we chose to deep dive uh, are all very controversial mm -hmm. for different reasons mm -hmm. you know some for you know societal reasons but some for like just musical theater controversy mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. and i'm i'm really i'm excited to dig into them but why don't we get started sure. okay so we're, we're we've announced some er earlier episodes the four that we're doing mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we'll let it be sort of a surprise as we unfold mm -hmm. we won't say them all four at the beginning but let's go ahead let's throw it to scott what is the first one that we are covering. It was your choice. We each got to choose one. This uh -huh. was Scott's pick. Yeah. What was it? Oh, what a beautiful oh. morning. I did Oklahoma. I picked Oklahoma. Now, I should say that the reason I picked Oklahoma, it was not my first choice, but my first choice was taken by somebody else. 
and the of our podcast and so uh, god herself oh, like, <laughs> but that's okay but that's know. well it just great minds think alike that's a true, you know true. Um, like so that. i was like oh you know uh, after so i wanted to do sort of a classic one revisit something that i'd had a history with that was yeah. like when when you say musical to the average joe on the street what's going to pop sure. into their head and um i thought oklahoma was was worth re-exploring but also because it's been over the past what 15 20 years it's also been sort of re-examined again on broadway and sure. and, and all that so right. and beyond and beyond yeah um uh, what was what's sort of your uh, just to get this out of the way? What is each person's sort of like history, personal history with Oklahoma? Let's start with Pam. Oh, Pam, like, what do no. you? How do you know Oklahoma? So, I mean, we all it's in the ether. But I had moved already to California from New York. It was like my sophomore year of high school, and back in New York with all the kiddies I grew up with, they were doing Oklahoma as their um, sure. like main stage show, and my best friend got cast as Lori. Um, and I remember going to go see it and just kind of not liking it, just thinking. <laughs> and I know it was a high school production, but I remember just kind of being bored and thinking everything was kind of simple, very simple. And then, of course, yes. as I grew up, I understood and appreciated it a lot more. Sure. Uh, and, and is it one that you would put in like a list of musicals you thoroughly enjoy now or has it stayed more thoroughly in the, like... is a tough word for me. <laughs> I would I would say like. It's definitely a musical, like I said, I appreciate a lot more now being older and kind of having more musical theater experience. Um, I understand right. how it's influenced so much of the of the genre. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, appre I appreciate it for sure. You wouldn't say you're a thoroughly modern Millie about it. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Got it. Okay, perfect. Uh, Siege, Siege, what is your sort of history with it? Um, I, I don't have one. Um, I kind of missed this musical because like... Was this a new viewing for you? No, no, no. Completely. It was my second time oh. seeing it, but it's like, you know, where yeah. everyone gets like the Bye Bye Birdies and the and yeah. the Oklahomas in high school. I, sure. I totally miss this. I do vaguely remember seeing a friend from a local high school, Jacksonville High School in Illinois did it. And, and I don't remember anything about it. I remember the theater I was in. And then I saw this older film years and years and years and years and years ago. But the thing that that's amazing to me while watching it, it was like, oh, I... I know all of these songs because mm -hmm. I've heard them right. a billion times. So they just exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you're from the Midwest. You're from the Midwest. Like we sing these songs in choir. Right. Like we right. They, they were just around, you know, this is just, yeah. I yeah. also remember the summers when I used to corn to tassel. Um, <laughs> we, we detasseled next to a town called Meridosha and one one week I got on a tear about instead of singing Oklahoma, I sang Meridosha and pissed everybody <laughs> off in the field. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome beautiful um uh i don't really have a um history with this except that i'm from kansas and you know it's uh something that's done a lot yeah. in kansas um i had a lot of teachers that were like that's the only good musical really? <laughs> yeah uh specifically this one guy who i'm not even gonna say his name he's just he's a Trash. Say it. You won't say it. No, I'm not. He's a, <laughs> you won't say it. Um, he's a he's a doctor of philosophy that took over a program and uh, a theater program and has no business running it. And that's all I'm going to say about Ooh. it. And his name sure rhymes that with Marcus Carlin. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it rhymes with Rhett owns. Um, and so I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like Dr. Rhett owns. Actually, I just said his name without the first <laughs> Um <laughs> Um Anyway, uh, but basically his whole thing was like, I hate musicals, except for Oklahoma. It's the only good one. Wow. Wow. And so that, you know, definitely tinted it for me a little bit because I didn't like him. I don't like it when people force it on me as like the yeah. greatest American musical that ever was. Like, shut it. Shut right. it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shut it. Um, Agreed. And uh, the, I hadn't really watched this movie all the way through legit, except that it had been on when I was a kid, you know, TCM kind of, you know, sure. situation where I'm sure I saw scenes from it. But I've seen the Hugh Jackman <laughs> West End video like 12 times. Oh, because, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and that was like seen before he was Hugh Jackman, right? That was before he was Wolverine. It was yeah, kind yeah. of his break, one of his breakthroughs, right? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't yeah. It? okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, sort of, but he, he did it on the West End, and then they took it to Broadway, and they were like, he's not famous enough, let's get somebody else. So Patrick Wilson played it. Yeah. Mm. So it wasn't even Hugh Jackman and, on the And then on he Broadway did Kate and Leopold and won our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the one. Um, no, it was Wolverine for me, I think, is what really like sort of solidified oh, sure him, that too. Um, yeah. in the ether as like a guy. Um, but I think, um, Scott, do you have a history with this besides the movie? I like, do. Movie? I assistant directed and stage managed a big production at the local college. Uh, when I was coming up in Florida. And so it was a huge, primarily college student cast with some community actors and then a bunch of high school kids uh, that filled it all out. So it was this huge, like, mega thing that we did, like, in a, I think it was a thousand seat place and it, oh wow it, it was it was a it was a big fucking thing um and so th- I, I had seen it as a kid you know same thing on tv right. kind of stuff and um i it, and it was right at that point as a college student where i was cynical know-it-all um yeah. and and still am i'm probably worse um and so it that was my first exposure to it in depth um Right. And then as I went and rewatched the movie, I uh, I was struck by many, many things. Shall I dive into the bio stuff real quick and then we yeah. can open it yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's an RKO. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, so it's based, uh, it was the first, first musical written by Rodgers and Hammerstein. You know, they had done things before this, though, right? Like separately. Separately. Uh, had Rodgers done, had yeah. been with Rodgers and Hart, but Hart had right. Some, right. some drinking problems. And... So this <laughs> is the chance to, to, to move away from that. So it's based on a uh, a 1931 play called Green Grows the Lilacs by oh. Lynn, by Lynn Riggs, um, and it was not a successful uh, play. But a few. But years... let's add music and dance. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that what happened was they did a remount of it in the late 30s. You know, about five or six sure. years after, where they infused local folk songs into it. And a producer okay. had seen it and was like, oh, this could be something. And that's uh, that's how it came to uh, 
uh, Rogers Hammerstein. Uh, it opened on Broadway Great. in 1943. Uh, it had 2,212 pre- uh, performances, which at the time was unprecedented. Rogers and Hammerstein won a special Pulitzer Prize for the book and lyrics and music. Um, and then the film, uh, they tried to get the f- uh, film going, but World War II was going on. Uh, so the film didn't happen until 1955. And uh, it stars Gordon McRae and Shirley Jones and Rod Steiger and Gloria Graham. And interesting, oh, I, I just bumped my mic. Did you hear that? Do you hear I that? Stop it. it. I heard it. Stop it. Uh, uh, but it was directed by Fred Zinnemann. Um, it's not probably a household name, but the dude won four Oscars for directing uh, everything from short documentaries and long documentaries to like everything like noirs, thrillers, westerns, all of that. Yeah, he did High great. Noon. He did From Here to Eternity. He did A Man for yeah. All Seasons. He did. Which, by the way, I wanted to bring that up. From Here to Eternity, there's a musical version of it that's only been done on the West End, and Tim Rice did the book and music. Oh, and that's right. That's book right. And lyrics, excuse me. And it is uh, on Broadway HD. Everyone should check it out. It, the only thing about it is that they're all. Uh, uh, European and they're doing uh, American like Midwestern accents yeah. so they'll be like I'm from Kansas or like whatever like, yeah sure that's fine um, or they'll say they're from like Arkansas but have like a really intense you know New York kind of thing going and you're like okay well you're obviously not but besides that if you can get rid of that in your mind it is a ride mm. it is like a it is like South Pacific if they wrote it now and they could be like really R-rated and it's super good and I want everybody to go check it out that's all i'm gonna Whoa, say right. awesome. um, from here to eternity the musical um what else oh he directed um one of my favorite thrillers uh from 1973 called day of the jackal bruce willis remade it later on and it's awful but the original the day jackal. of the jackal is one of the most palm sweaty most intense slow burn thrillers you'll ever see it's all about a dude an assassin who's hired to kill the uh prime minister of france and it just, it's fucking great. Anyway, so Fred Zimmerman directed it. Sounds sort of like the plot of Oklahoma. <laughs> it's a little bit like the plot of Oklahoma. But he just had such a, such a crazy range of, of films and works that he did. He worked all the way into the early 80s. Um, but uh, yeah, the film came out in 1955. It was a pretty huge success. It was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, they shot it in 70 millimeter and 35 millimeter at the mm. same time. Uh, and then they also used, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but another filming technique that was uh, was unique to it that you can see in a few I just places. Did the, I just did the math and the, the musical came out 15 months after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Did you say that? Whoa. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah was, that's tight schedule. Like, yeah. <laughs> tight scheduling. Um, um, yeah, but no, yeah, th- this is the first time they used the 70 millimeter, what is it, the Todd? Yeah, the Todd know, yeah, thing. Todd AO or something like that. Yeah, it's a, it was a big deal. Um, but they basically shot the movie twice yeah. um, with 35 millimeter and 70 millimeter. So there's two versions of this film. I watched a Blu-ray transfer uh, of it, that, w- or excuse me, an HD transfer of it that was quite stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. did you guys like what what quality did you guys watch this in? yeah I, i'm not sure exa- of exactly which one but it was it's gorgeous like especially that opening yeah. shot coming out of oh, the yeah. overture and she's like coming the through the corn the, yeah that was i mean that's just like some gorgeous yeah i watched uh, some remastered uh, thing off of itunes and i was like i even texted scott and was like this looks 
insane. Yeah. Yeah, you were probably watching a similar one to what I was watching because it was just I the colors. I was just like, well, wow. I don't know if you guys that. knew this, but the eye of the average elephant is only about eight feet from the ground. <laughs> yeah. So the corn uh, the wasn't that high. It's about eight feet. I mean, you would be intimidated standing right next to it, but I, you know. True. Listen, I've spent time with corn, everybody. I've spent tall. time with elephants. <laughs> Um, can I be honest? I'm a little pissed that you chose this. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like a little pissed that we had to watch this. Fight, um, fight, I, fight. No, 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 no I, I, I didn't pick it because I loved it. I picked it. I picked yeah. it in response to the other pickings going, uh, I felt like we needed a classic one. Yeah. Cause there's no, a lot of right. bullshit in this that is just yes. no, you're unreal right. to me. Like that. Absolutely right. And, and I don't know how it's a hard movie for me to watch. It was, I, uh, but I also understand that like the, the soundtrack sold better than even the original Broadway recording mm -hmm. sold. Mm -hmm. And like, it was this huge, it was like Hamilton all over again. It was like, you know, well, all for the first it. time. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton is Oklahoma. Um, but oh, I feel oh, like Jesus. we're going to get some writing. We'll get into that. Um, well, it's also I... pre rock and roll. Like it was still at the time right. when Broadway was driving pop music. Um, right. and that's the, you know, the other thing, I mean, when I finished watching the whole movie, I was like, man, if they just would have stopped after the opening number, like this would have been the best, coolest, most beautiful video ever, sure. you know? Well, and like the dream ballet and like, there's certain things like Agnes DeMille is like, and we'll get into that. Yeah, is yeah. like, obviously the greatest part of this, this whole thing is her choreography. Right. Mm -hmm. But so much but, of it. From the first song, I could not let go of this. And I've done this whole discussion before with, with August Osage County and with other things, but like, I just have to say it. When he starts singing, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, those lyrics, when you really start thinking about it, are so fucking cringy. Cringy. Because he's basically being like, This land is our birthright. Everything's going <laughs> my way. The least indigenous person on the planet. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's not a spot and of you're color in like, the whole damn movie. Oh, my God goodness like it's like it's like it, when you really think about it like from a fully woke yeah, perspective yeah. Oh, yeah. of america it is like hard to watch and then the whole movie i don't give a fuck about any yeah. of them and it makes the relationships like well curly is actually the villain of this movie i mean poor judd is right. dead is all him manipulating the sky so to kill up. himself like he's right. from the first scene to the last scene he is the villain of this piece well, well yes. that's a, a cj and i texted each other and i'm like why is everybody hate judd like the first thing you hear about <laughs> is judd is tom well a little bit, a little bit. that will but just escalate scott no hold on but he's <laughs> The first thing you hear about him is that he's a hard worker, practically runs the whole farm by himself. He, you know, he goes and he asks Lori out. She says yes. And then Curly goes and gets all alpha and goes into the smokehouse is like, you know, hey, man, you know, could you maybe clear out of the smokehouse? Because Aunt Eller wants to smoke some meats. Also, stop jerking off to these crusty old pictures. And like, if he would have just come in and done like been like a nice guy and said, "Hey, bro, I know you're into Lori, but it's not gonna happen. We're gonna help you out. Me and Will are gonna take you. We're gonna get you a lady." Like, if they would have like just yeah. stressed out a hand, then I don't know if the rest of this is, is so awful. And then they publicly humiliate him, and he hasn't done anything yet. He's evil right. because we've been told that he's evil. 
And then Rod Steiger um, is just playing it. He is in a different fucking movie. He's just yeah. like, I mean, but he's a method yeah. guy that they tried to shoehorn into this, you know, um, right. Cause he's playing it so on, method. On the Judd character real quick. I wanted to talk, just, I'll be so quick. There was two productions that I know of that happened in the last three or four years. One was at Oregon Shakespeare festival where they cast Curly and Ado Andy. Uh, and, yeah. So it was two men and then they cast uh, Judd and uh, it was gender swapped mm. is my whole point. Oh. What's her name? Lori, uh, Lori as uh, women. And it was like a whole different thing. And it was very interesting. I didn't see it, but it, won a lot of stuff and mm. people really loved it. But then uh, 3D Theatricals, who is a Los Angeles-based uh, um, mm-hmm. uh, theater, mm-hmm. so I, I don't want to talk too much negativity on them, but they did a production a couple years ago of this where they cast it uh, sort of colorblind in the way that like the whole, all the townspeople could be any race, whatever it may be, and it was, and it, which sounded very progressive and interesting, but they were like, but we are focusing heavily on race in this production. And people were like, whoa, how are you doing that? That's not really what this play is about. Okay, let's go see it. So we went, and what they did is they cast Judd as a black man. I'm Not to hate on that actor, but it, it's the direction, in my opinion. And it read really badly. Yeah, it's problematic. It was not... It, did not work for me. And what they were trying, they were trying to make a comment that to me was actually, they were just perpetuating something. And it, because he played it really foolish and dumb and, and that's a choice on Judd, I guess, but it was just like, I don't know how to feel about this because everyone else who is a main character is white. Right. So it feels very making him the other, making him the, you know, and it was like, I don't think you're getting across what you think you're getting across. Right. You know what I mean? So, I think it's really easy to like take this show and try to make it say something that it's just not saying. It's just not about any of this no, shit. It's, right. it's very much, in my opinion, about 1950s conformity. And if you step out of line in any way, shape, or form, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna kill you. We'll have a mock trial in somebody's dining room, and like that's it. Like it's <laughs> yeah, over. That trial like, at the end, oh my like, god! Ooh. It's like it's so it's so perversely like you know you. Weirdly, and they're all I, so proud of themselves. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, uh, I'm not justifying any of Judd's actions, but it's like, oof, like it, it, there's just not a lot here. And then you, you take Ali Hakim and you put Eddie Albert, <laughs> That's a whole other you thing. put it, thank God they didn't, they kind of bronzed him up, I guess a little yeah. bit, but uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's all problem. Yeah. I don't like it at all. And I've seen high school productions where they literally dress that, person as like the most caricaturized and it's always a white you know football player that they got to come play the right, role right and they put you know they dress him up and they get him a spray tan and they do that i've seen it oh you yeah, know what I mean? yeah it's, we all uh, it's we trash all i hate it. i don't know why we do this um i want to step back uh, just a second because i'm a big fan of movies starting with overtures and i want us to bring yeah, it back yeah, yeah. it totally. felt very sound of music for sure <laughs> Or like, I always think of like Unsinkable Molly Brown starts with a really great overture, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so it's does, exciting. Um, you're, you're getting prepared and then you see the movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang has a really great overture and a really great entr'act in the middle. Yeah. That like an intermission moment that I really love. Bring back intermissions in movies. Come on. Yeah, it's That's been a cool, long time right? since I've I've back seen me. one. I think back hate, me. I think Hateful Eight was the last movie I was saw that had an intermission yeah. put oh, right. into it. You know. Thank God, Jesus Christ. Uh, Grindhouse, I think when we saw when I saw it as the oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah. 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 
There was also a theater guild shout out at the beginning, mm-hmm. which I feel like movies <laughs> don't even honor anymore. When we make movie musicals, we're like, yeah, and fucking theater guild. We put it really small in the credits or whatever. Um, yeah, those are just things I noticed at the beginning that I wanted to make sure we said. Uh, also, this was shot in uh, Arizona. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, they, couldn't, Arizona, they couldn't so do it. So why didn't they name it Arizona? <laughs> well, they couldn't shoot in Oklahoma because there were too many oil rigs. They couldn't get straight. I'm they, disappointed they at the lack of authenticity here. Right, right. There's a couple cool things. First of all, can we talk a little bit about uh, Gloria Graham as Adio Annie? She's so miscast in this, and she she doesn't account- open her mouth. She doesn't open her mouth. I think she looks mouth, like she has she, a coke she, problem. Yeah. She well, she had such an interesting story because she had won the Oscar like right before this. She was known as as a noir actress. She had done. It's yeah, a real. she had done It's a Wonderful Life, and you know she's great in that. And but then she'd been on noir, you know, sort of the platinum blonde thing, and she won an Oscar. But then she went on. Not good, huh? She's not. <laughs> she's she's not, not good in this. She's not good. No, I'm not saying she is. Um, oh, gotcha. She's just an interesting person because then she ended up. There, there was a movie made about her called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool a few years ago with yeah. Annette Benning playing her. Yeah, she, it's mm. phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She's great yeah. in it. And, you know, she, she's not even really doing like a full like uh, impersonation of her no. as much as she's just sort of embodying her. And it really works. Um, but she just was a really cool actress. And, and she was one of the ones that after this, because she didn't wasn't especially excited about being in Oklahoma. It wasn't quite her thing. <laughs> but later in life, like, she was one of the, these women that sort of took control of her career. And and then she uh, fought breast cancer for a number of years. But then she moved to England to do a play, and she fell in love with a much younger man. And I've always had a crush on her uh, for her other work. Yeah. But then, you know, like... Well, I'll but have to look it up because... This put a horrible taste in my mouth. She's got um, a great body, though. Great body. <laughs> great body. Can we talk about Lori's huffing problem? Uh, like she's doing the. Oh, no, Shirley Jones. Let's talk about Shirley Jones for a second because she. This is her first uh, ever. This is her screen debut. And yeah. ain't she pretty? Um, ain't she ain't pretty? She pretty? Ain't she pretty? Well, you I'm gotta a, be if you want to catch yourself she, a husband. You know what she's actually hottest in. Hmm. If we're being honest with ourselves, Grandma's Boy. <laughs> she's so hot in that movie. When she and Nick Swardson start hooking up, I'm just saying. No, no one. That was come on. That was no. She's 10, she's she's great. Like points. I think that you. Know, it, it's Oklahoma, it, and it needed to be acknowledged. But it, I just don't think it. Other than some of the musical numbers, I really loved and want to give props. Uh, to the dream ballet cj hated it because she I hated it too. oh no i think it's, it's long great. and it's just basically stage on film like they didn't do anything cinematic with it was just... right it's it's on a sound stage yeah for sure. yeah no i think i think that's why i liked it because we're we're all natural up until then and then we go into a very theatrical place. I um, will say that did contain my favorite Shirley Jones moment when it's <laughs> when she's in the bar and uh, he's flirting with all the dancers and she runs up that staircase and stops at the top and like lifted that. I, I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about Shirley Jones anyway, but I was like, I think I actually yelled out like, God damn Shirley Jones, like her dancing was pretty <laughs> impressive. Oh, iconic, iconic. Yes. Whether we enjoy the Dream Ballet's shooting or not, we can't deny, though, that the Agnes DeMille choreography of this whole film mm. 
what makes this, I think, worth keeping in the vault of like, you know, things worth watching. Yeah. If that makes sense, like uh, uh, Kansas City in particular is really great. Uh, tap. I'm just going to do that for every song that's <laughs> Yeah. That, <laughs> what song please. is that, man? Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything's up to date in Kansas City. Um, and then there's the one that I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the Many a New Face. Many a New Day. <laughs> Many a New Day. It's Katy Perry's um, Roar of 1955. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> or Sarah Bareilles is brave, if we want to. I know your love wow, of Sarah yeah. Bareilles. Yeah. <laughs> I love the choreo in that one with all the women. That's really great. In the old-timey sort of underwear. The, it's also R, the R&H like, sort of pretest for wash that man out of my hair there it is well and, yeah and the dream ballet you know gets echoed in king and i and like they you know they use it a lot as a, in the jfk um, show i did 10 years ago <laughs> we specifically oh, yeah, so had a dream ballet in it dream ballets are cool i think there's a profoundly better version of this movie and musical and it's called seven brides for seven brothers I love that show. I would kept just sitting watching this movie going, God, I wish I was watching Seven Brides. <laughs> like, I just really, you know, bless your beautiful hide. That's like, to me, the best opening song of a show like this that's just like of a time and not really about anything. Like, that's what I want. And it's also annoying that South Pacific is what, like five years later in terms of uh, the musical? And it's so profound mm -hmm. in terms of it's like, racial uh you know commentary and things like that and it's like but this this just doesn't this movie doesn't mean anything to me no it, and um <laughs> it it's um i i also think like uh just the two things that were changed from the musicals they cut two songs they cut ali hakim's it's a scandal it's an outrage God. which is fine <laughs> but then they cut they cut judd's lonely room which just it takes away everything that that it gives that character any but kind of... But do we really want to see this Judd sing Lonely Room? <laughs> That's my question. No, no but he, it also shouldn't have been so horribly miscast. And, yeah. you know, it's like... And hey, Rod Steiger uh, goes other... on to win, like, you know, the Oscar and, like, has a huge fucking career. Happened. Other castings for uh, Curly that didn't happen because they couldn't sing as well. James Dean James and De Paul Newman. Yeah. And who? Paul Newman. Paul Newman oh, and James oh, Dean. Yeah. I would have loved Paul Newman. Yeah. That would make this movie 10,000 times. Just dub him. <laughs> Just dub him. I don't know him. if it would have made it better. They because did it in all the other good movie, uh, old movies. I don't know if it would have made it better because Curly's still an asshole. He no, literally starts off with him. On paper, he's an asshole. Yes. Yeah, he literally starts by lying to the love of his life about his fancy Surrey with the fringe on top. Um, do we have any other thoughts about Oklahoma? It uh, just, it feels dirty like Evita feels dirty. It's like, I don't think uh, we should be celebrating this musical because it's about, a, like, y'all brought it up at the beginning. Like, all I kept yeah. thinking is, like, these people just came in and kicked off can, or killed a bunch of indigenous you people. You can play a good hands. drinking game of how many lies are told. Sure, <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> I right, mean, I think right. my problem with it is that people try and still keep it alive. Like, I really dig right. the, the Hugh Jackman, the RSC version, to some, version. To, to some extent, but it <laughs> still doesn't version. it still doesn't solve any problems. Like, it doesn't like it leans into the darkness of it more, but it doesn't solve any of the 
so like the gender roles like they literally auction off women in the middle of this fucking nobody asked <laughs> asks Lori what she wants in this nobody movie. asked Lori. she wouldn't have known because she's been huffing crazy shit and having hallucinations <laughs> oh, and like right she's huffing she's uh, huffing on the she porch drops acid and does a dream you know, ballet no we Don't should probably we, we should probably we should probably wrap up discussion on oklahoma well, i'm glad I, that we included it we needed to include it can, it's, can you i know. ask one last thing yeah I, did any of y'all have the, like the brand new one that was on broadway what like two years ago or something that everyone was yelling about uh, was it that much different or no i haven't seen my it. roommate uh, emily saw it and she said it was wonderful she oh. absolutely loved it and she said that Ado annie obviously was the best the best hmm. part of the yeah, well, she won so the, that's what's she won interesting the to me about yeah. Ado is that Ado Annie is considered like the role to get right. Like whenever I hear people say like I, I'm playing Ado Annie, I'm like, oh, that sounds like the big one, right? Like that's great. It's like um, whenever I hear Anytime Annie for Forty Second Street, I'm always like, oh, that's a part I know because it's a nice feature, you know. But I was watching this movie the whole time, going like, wow, I don't like this character at all, and I can't tell if it's the performance or if it's the writing or if it's just that I hate this musical. Yeah. No, it just, I don't think little it... Little of column uh, A, little of column B. I'm glad we talked about it, but I don't think it held up. Okay, yeah, so that was Scott's pick, but I, I forgot to mention something that I had texted Scott and CJ a few days ago, or it was on Slack or something like that, not sponsored. Um, I was like, hey, I just want to let you guys know that I went into all four of these movies thinking I liked them all kind of the same. Like, yeah, these are just like four movies that I really enjoy. And I actually ended up like being insanely passionate about all four of them in different ways. So we got past the one that I am insanely passionate about <laughs> disliking. <about> <laughs> <laughs> the one that I'm like, this should go away forever. Um, Shouldn't it though? I mean, I agree. Like, I know it was my pick, but I absolutely agree. Like, I, the, <laughs> the gender stuff and, and like, yeah. you can play with it all you want, but it's kind of like Taming of the Shrew. You're not going to yeah. beat the problems. You're not going to solve the problems no matter what you do. So fuck it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just sort of, I, I got to a point where I was just like, ah, uh, well, um, okay. I have my strong feelings about that one. And then I have sort of uh, mid-level feelings about one of them. And then I like love and live for two of them. Oh. And that is, and that is, I'm just prepping everybody. I meant to say that at the beginning, but. We've passed the one I dislike. So now we're headed <laughs> Got that out of the way. Book. What a strong start to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we have we, we we have not gotten to the one that well, I, I don't dislike any of them, but there's one that, that I that has elements that I just hate. I just I love that. Hey, I can't wait. Um, but, um, um, but CJ, why don't you go ahead and introduce your uh, pick? Because yeah. that was the next movie to come out in the, the timeline. Jesus Christ Superstar in 1973. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so basically, uh, one of the uh, more Bye, controversial. <laughs> Well, one of the more controversial ones that we're covering, definitely, but, uh, well, they're all co controversial in their own ways, but the first one's controversial now, I would say. Right. This mm -hmm. one's more controversial when it came out, you know, a lot of negative uh, religious feelings, I think, about it were, were surrounding. Um, hey, Pam, what are your feelings on this film? I think that Carl Anderson's performance is yeah. really something. Yeah. Did you YouTube uh, Heaven on Their Minds like I told you to? Um, maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so this is the one Would that Would you Pam like me to watch. sing it's it for fine. you right now? Oh. Exactly how Carl so Anderson sings so it. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, 
easily oh oh shit guys hold on hold on oh, hold on oh, hold on oh. real quick before we get into jesus christ superstar i want to go real quick if y'all have an opinion on it i want to hear your your favorite performance in I, I, I just real quick in oklahoma what was your favorite performance who's your favorite performance in oklahoma scott in the movie yeah um aunt eller um yeah <laughs> that's mine too that's she's mine just too. a fucking great old broad character and yeah she got balls and yeah and my least favorite is uh, Edo Annie. Uh, what about you? Say? Did you just say what's Scott again? Yeah, what's your oh. least favorite? Scott? <laughs> I forgot that one too. Uh, I, I, I don't particularly care for Will. I, no, I don't. It's Ali Hakim. I just, Eddie yeah. Albert's ridiculous in that role. Pam, favorite, least favorite? Oh, God. Um, Eller's great. I did like Shirley Jones. You can't take your eyes off her. And she sings agreed. great. Yeah, and agreed. Least favorite, Ado. Yeah. Open yeah. your mouth, lady. Just yeah. open it wider. Put the coke down. Put the coke down. Peach? Yeah, I like Shirley Jones best, and then my least favorite was Ado Annie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, eh, uh, okay, cool. That's all I wanted to know. Um, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. So, Let's do uh, another 40 minutes on Oklahoma. Anyone else? <laughs> we might as well get a couple episodes out of it. Um, we can rip it apart all day. Uh, real quick, um, Jesus Christ Superstar, if anybody, I want to hear y'all's uh, sort of context about it. We're connoisseurs of context here, Pam. We like to know each of our relationships as we go in. So I just want to let you know, it was an early musical for me. I actually saw the high school that I uh, uh, attended. I, I went to a school that was preschool through high school. And when I was in, I want to say like first grade, the high school put it up. And I went and saw it. Um, so it was sort of one of those things in my mind where I just remember being like, oh, my gosh, those men sang so high. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was that was like Legit. all I really or so low for the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the whoever's. Um, and so I that was sort of what stuck in my mind about it. And then this movie was a big one for me when I was younger. I used to put it on a lot, mostly to watch the Carl Anderson um, mm -hmm opening uh heaven <laughs> on their minds it's just so good it's so good so good but um, what are y'all's sort of contexts contexts with this uh cj mostly i want to know yours because it is your pick yeah. um honestly i'd never even seen a stage production of this um and then it came on every year on tcm right around easter mm -hmm. and my sure, like sure. in between palm sunday and easter and my dad was the one that flipped to it and he's like this is jesus christ superstar and just ever <laughs> since then i've i have affectionately loved it i want your dad to say that to everything he turns on the team this is jesus christ superstar it's like everything this is doug dynasty no, it's simpsons dad this is chips this is about <laughs> No, Dad, this is Gilmore Girls. You love Gilmore Girls. Don't forget. A year in the life? A year in the life. <laughs> My dad doesn't I, talk like that. I see Christ metaphors in everything. He does listen to the pod, though. So, hey. Um, we love, we love, uh, wait, what do we call him again? He Big Al. Big, Big Al. Al. Oh, well, yeah, Big Al doesn't talk like that by foot. <laughs> he is a farmer, yeah. so, uh, but no. He, he doesn't. doesn't. No, he's he's he's, he's a very he's well loud as shit. <laughs> he's um, cool. Yeah, so see, so you, it was a big movie for you. Did Have you ever seen the musical? Now, this is my interesting thing. In 2008, uh, the Sabin Theater in Beverly Hills, yeah. Yeah. they were doing a tour of it, and I went with a friend of the pod, Brian Wallace, um, and Ted Neely was still playing Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. 
<laughs> like he was like 63. I hey think. man, he's hey man. Good for him. <laughs> Let it go, brother. Well, and he, I, I mean, from the reading that I did after he did this film, he was kind of like, I am Jesus, and he forever played this role and has been like, a, kind of like he, he, I think he views it as his like mission. Jesus um, got but, a Jesus complex. I yeah, let me yeah. let me tell you though. Those songs were written for a much younger man because he just he couldn't keep up with them at Oof, all. It no. wasn't a particularly great perform like all around. It wasn't a particularly great show, but it, it was always burned into my memory that I saw sixty three year old Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Scott, what was your your? I had been exposed. I remember. Um, being a kid, uh, I'm a little bit older than everybody here, as we've said many times. Prove it. <laughs> here? Yeah. I was going to say something weird. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> count um, the rings. Uh, count, the, count the rings. Uh, Drop trout, count rings. The, the, the morning erections ain't what they used to be. Kind oh. of, um, hey. Um, well, now you know. Uh, should we um, cut this but, or triple it? Should we triple all of this? <laughs> But I had been exposed to the movie. I remember very clearly when the movie first came on, like like HBO or Showtime or something like that, and I was kind of fascinated by it. Um, and and then I'd had a, I think it was a cassette, maybe it was a record of the original recording, but it had been remastered. So the original concept album, um, and we'll go into some of the biographical stuff here in a second. Um, and then I'd seen, uh, later I'd seen like two or three shows. And it, it's always this show that I'm like, eh, Jesus Christ, Superstar. And then I sit down to watch it. And um, I've, 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 I've seen good, good live performances, good stage performances of it uh, at regional levels and one at a university level that just were always solid really great productions of it and um so i i always kind were of a lot of them were a lot of them like reconceptualized in some way or were a they little all bit yes way? or a little bit more straightforward not to That's get cool. too far ahead of ourselves but like the idea of it being originally it was meant to be a performed concert not necessarily a play sure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, there have been different things and different tweaks and, you know, more punk rocky in, in it's, right, right. you know, or dystopian or whatever. Absolutely. But, you know. uh, what Pam, about you, what Bales? Is, what's your, well, I already gave mine, Pam. Oh, you your... already did. My bad. Um, so actually, it's a pretty funny story. So I used to be a part of this theater company out on Long Island uh, called Gateway Playhouse. And... Um, they did a children's theater production called Batman and the Power Rangers, and they rewrote yeah. the entire score to uh, what? to Jesus Christ Superstar, the lyric, sorry, to, to apply to Batman and Power Rangers. <laughs> so it was like, Penguin's Pool, I had to be there, don't you see? I'm Riddler's property. It was like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was literally my introduction to this musical, and it's I think it warped me because I've seen three live productions of the show, and I can't tell you a damn thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not super plot heavy, right? It's basically the 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 week leading up to the crucifixion yeah mm-hmm. the palm Spr- palm springs <laughs> palm sunday up to the crucifixion palm springs what the fuck are you where the rich people are this kicking is, it right now this is why this is why the christians were concerned about it. about people being exposed to it get it um you know i think another interesting part of it in like pop culture is that i love well, Philip Seymour Hoffman's one of my guys. 
He's one of my guys. He's yeah. one of my like top yep. actors of yep. all time. And I really love his performance in the movie Along Oh, he's Came in Polly. it. No, he's not in it. <laughs> he's in it. That's <laughs> exciting. It. Along <laughs> Came Polly. <laughs> the movie Along Came Polly. He plays a, a, a washed up sort of a child actor who is trying to right. regain fame by putting up his own version of Jesus Christ <laughs> Superstar at a community theater. Um, but he is playing Judas but he can't help himself every time a Jesus song comes on. So he'll just start singing. The <laughs> part. And it's, yes, it's, if yes. nobody has seen along came Polly, it's, it's a great. It's a great flick. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Ben Stiller and, um, oh my God, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston and, and, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Hank Azaria are really the only four people in the whole movie. And it's, oh, and, um, Deborah Messing. And it is just, uh, hilarious i love that it really is it really it. is yeah. just being clear uh, philip seymour hoffman is not in the jesus christ superstar movie correct here's the thing no he, <laughs> no he was about three years old when that movie came out got it you know i, I want to start from the beginning of this movie actually because i love the opening of this film and i mm -hmm. i'm i'm talking a lot of positivity about it i, I i'm gonna uh, spoiler alert this is the one i'm kind of mad on after review i thought ah. it was gonna be uh, well i won't say it but keep going yeah yeah, uh, I I thought I this is one that I I really loved going in. I was like, oh yeah, I fucking love this movie. I love the opening. I love the bus. I love the idea of this troop of of people, these hippies, these whatever they are, these just gathering together to tell this story. I'm all about it. I love the ending when it sort of circles back to that. But I don't love a lot of the performances. Oh, I think a lot of it is dead eyed, and I think. In general, I wish the direction – I love the movie Tommy. We've brought this up. Scott and I have talked about the movie Tommy. Yes. Um, Saving it I for think, a future episode. We love yeah, it. we're going to talk about that for a future uh, uh, bonus episode. But the direction of that film is very similar to this, but done in like a prof much more profound way. Um, and I just, I just realized, like, oh, I just like it better live. Like, I just hmm. like this show better because I do really love this show and I'm not a religious person. I just think I think I, I truly believe this is Andrew Lloyd Webber's best work. Like, For I think sure. he peaked here and never did anything great. Oh, again. hands I, it was, down. It was I, his yeah. third musical. Too, yeah. Like and I, you know, I, I have a guilty pleasure, as I, I'm sure a lot of people do, for Phantom. Oh, There's yes. part of me that's like, I'll put on that fucking movie soundtrack even and listen to it sometimes. Like, I just love Phantom. I just really do. But I almost chose it um, instead of my pick. I almost oh, went Poor Emmy Rossum. Just not a, not a soprano. <laughs> no, she's not. But And we'll get to that with my pick, actually, too. There's a similar thing going on there. But I think... I think Weber really nails rock and roll with this. He really nails the 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 morphing of the two, and I just I just really like the show. And so yeah. when I was watching the movie, I was just like I was I was a little let down this time, seeing mm. as the last time I watched it, I think I was like fourteen, and it like pumped me up. Right. Mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just a different viewing for me this time. But I, that doesn't mean I dislike it. It's mm -hmm. just it was a lower it lower on the scale than I thought it was going to be. Like it was to me, it was like a nine or a 10 and this was like a gentleman, gentleman six. Mm -hmm. Gentleman. <laughs> can we, uh, can I dovetail off of that and let's just do a quick little biographical dive. Yes. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I, did my, I, did my, part. I did my homework. 
Um, Here, your Scottopedia. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I think that this is the most interesting thing, and we've, we've talked about it already, that it is, it is for me as well, unquestionably, Andrew Lloyd Webber's best, and it's because it wasn't written as a goddamn stage musical. It right. was written as a concept album. They, he and Tim Rice had kind of tried to get some folks interested in possibly producing it as a show. And when nobody would bite on it, they were like, well, fuck it. We'll just do this album. And it's then, a rock opera. And then yeah. we'll do this rock opera. And then, you know, we'll tell the story just through music and that'll be it. Then it blew up. And then they, it specifically blew up in the U.S. Um, and then they came over and started doing these concert performances of it and it was a hit that led to it opening on broadway i'd always thought it opened on the west end but it didn't and there's hmm, an interesting right. connective tissue thing with the west end thing but it opened on broadway on the 12th of october 1971 what a time it, yeah right and weber hated it hmm. uh, most it just was over they were trying to stage a play rather than leaning into the concert performance element of it yeah Yeah, the rock and i mean i think that that's the thing that also one of the things i liked about the movie and i have similar feelings bailey was that it is quintessentially a rock opera like it rocks Mm -hmm. like we have guitar that drives this at the beginning as opposed to piano or orchestration and um and and all that um just moving on it was nominated for five tonys it didn't win any um, Lloyd Webber won a Drama Desk Award for Most Promising Composer, which I, you know, at the time you're just like, Yikes. what? And then um, the movie came out in 73, directed by Norman Jewison, who has an insane, he's another guy who had an insanely eclectic career as oh. as a director. He did, you know, um, In the Heat of the Night, he did Cincinnati Kid, he did The Fiddler on the Roof, he did A Soldier's Story with... Uh, um, yeah, his best his best is uh, Fiddler, in my opinion. I think that's a really well Oh, I can't wait yeah. till we do that one. I love that movie. He directed we'll Hurricane. He was a huge yeah. influence on, um, uh, on Denzel Washington um, when Denzel started directing. He went to Norman Jewison. Oh, very cool, world. very cool. I was trying to look at what the big differences were between the movie and the show. And it was really mostly some lyrical tweaks that they did sure. for the movie. And, and, and just the overall, I think, idea of it, this like troop coming. I don't know that that's how it was initially conceived, right? I, I think it, when it went to the West End and was directed by Jim Sharman... Uh, yeah. Remember that name because it's going to come up again in our next it one. Sure will. That he took a similar approach. That it was this kind of idea of an ensemble coming on stage and then telling this story. Yeah, I have feelings like it. it, it, it there's some design elements that I think weaken parts of it. For like the the soldiers with their fabulous uh, purple. Uh, tank tops <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I, I think it takes away it, it takes away from the fear and the the, the power of of them it does but it, it also gives to the concept which is that these are just people putting up this story in the desert you know true, it's almost true like, it was um, filmed in israel it was oh was it israel. i was yeah. about to ask that where was this shot because you can't yeah. really tell that's amazing yeah they took it there there's some stuff like with you know i know that you know they were doing allusions and to, to war and vietnam was going on and all mm-hmm. that but some mm-hmm. of the like the the israeli tanks and fighter jets flying over right uh, like some of the, just some of that kind of element didn't ring for me 
the third act. It's the, th you know, it's the, it's the back half of this actually mm -hmm. that really, that I start going like, okay, I started picking up my phone, oh, you know, okay. and being like, okay. and, and being like, God, I want to, I really want to care about this. And I don't, but that's not bad. That's not a negative to the film at all. It's right. that I think it's, uh, it's me. It's me as a viewer now having seen it so many times, I will say, uh, I like it a lot better than hair. Um, mm. I don't oh, like yeah. Air the movie. I don't really, I love the music of Hair, but I don't like that movie at all. I don't really like the show. I think my only big criticism of, of Jesus Christ Superstar, and then I'll back off and shut up, is that in the attempt to not be controversial, um, it n neuters it a little bit. Um, but I also think that there's a brilliant stroke, which is that they don't deal with him as a, as a superhero. They don't deal with Jesus as because they don't they don't talk about the resurrection at all, right. which piss people off. And it's like, well, if you talk about the resurrection, then you really are getting into it. Um, it kind of hint at the end, though. I feel like sure, sure, that you have final to you know. Shot. There's a you know there's several winks and nods, but the movie for me is all about Carl Anderson and Let's and, hear yeah, Carl yeah. Anderson. Heaven on Their Minds is like in my top five music theater songs of all time. Oh, yeah, all day yeah, forever. Yeah. Um and his performance is just out of this world. CJ, this was your pick. Let me hear why it was your pick. Why I mean besides just your history with it, but like what what is what puts this in as a film up high on your list? Cause I, well, I do love it. Don't get me wrong. No, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. not as passionate as I am about the other two or about yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will say, like, as a choreographer, I have pulled from this film and used choreography for my own projects. I think it was the initial, like, attachment, watching it with my dad. It's why I like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. I watch that stuff with my dad constantly. Yeah. And and growing up, until I was, like, 20, I was, like, hyper, hyper Christian. So I kind of, I, I dug the story being told that way. And mm. then... Yeah, I just it's it's always been in my top. It's in my top 10 favorite films. And now like watching it this time around in comparison not in comparison, but along with these other films, like there are things that uh things that bug me about Lame like you were talking about some of the dead-eyed performances and mm -hmm. like I the thing that always fascinated with me is that the Mary Magdalene and Jesus and Judas were all disco singers. None of them were actual actors before this, I believe. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about mm -hmm. that. And yeah, which is me, why the singing is next level. I mean, I listen yeah. to this soundtrack over any other version of this. Yes, you know, and I've, I've heard other Jesus Christ Superstar soundtracks and have been like, ugh, I don't like this. I don't like <laughs> sure, this. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I have never been in this show. I don't think I ever could be because I would want to direct it. And then I'd also want to play Jesus and Judas and Simon. <laughs> so all at the same time. Herod. And Herod. And Herod. Yeah, I want to play Herod. Yeah. yeah. Which, we all want to play. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, the guy that played Herod, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think I pulled up. The Josh cast. Mostel. He's yeah. He is the only one really that has had like any acting career after this movie oh, and i think and like because of his of because of his daddy oh really yeah yeah zero must oh, was zero yeah i will say because uh, i'd love to hear y'all's favorite and least favorite performances of this uh my favorite performance of this i thought was gonna be uh yvonne in uh as uh, mary magdalene because i mm -hmm. really loved her or carl anderson those were the two i was really thinking it was gonna be but actually on this rewatch i kind of love barry denon as pontius pilate Mm, he's great. He gives a really interesting, cool 
deep performance for how like not deep the film is you know it's mm -hmm. like he's he's given a lot i was, I was right really oh yeah because he's so conflict like he's weirdly weirdly conflicted you know uh, yeah that's the story of pontius Pilate too yeah. i i also i well then when i when i went to school and i left the church i i eventually started really getting into studying religion and it was my western religions class that kind of shook me out of my faith a little bit yeah and i also have a desire to do this play that is a little more quote unquote historically correct mm. um that more search it that more examines jesus as a charismatic man that had a bunch of people that held him off held him up and he actually wasn't anything and you're seeing it all spin out of control and him being and and like the mob is real and yeah um, i him think being the misstep in the end the misstep of directing this would be to go with he is a superstar and this is all real you know like i think mm -hmm. you're right mm -hmm. you you have to go with the or, and i think the movie does an okay job of this of being like because it's from judas's perspective in a way so until right. he dies, but then you even get to hear him from the grave, you know, which is mm -hmm. another phenomenal song. I still uh. love that the crane is in the shot of him coming down on the star. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I don't know yeah. if y'all know. I love <laughs> Yeah, it's one But of it's my on favorite purpose. Shots. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah the like, meta. Here. Yeah, some of the meta is fucking great. Fucking brilliant. Um, my least favorite performance is Ted Neely. I just don't care. I just, I don't know why. I just he don't. He sings from... his dick off a couple times, though. <laughs> he does, he does because he's got the voice. It's sort of like Gerard Butler, though, in, in Phantom, where I'm like, God, he, he can sing because he's a great singer, but do I want to watch him play this part? Not really. That's fine. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. um, Who do you think I would also, be a good Jesus? Uh, I gotta be mind? honest, I haven't, besides John Legend, I haven't seen a Jesus that I thought did anything Worth and they watching. needed to pitch that down for John Legend, in my humble opinion. They did, you know, they did. But I have to say that I loved that um, that live uh, version that they did. Fuck yeah. Alice I Cooper. Fuck Alice Cooper. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Yeah, in a real world setting, if we did this show, I, you had said this, CJ. I think you had said Jack Black would be mm -hmm. a perfect. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that would be so fun. But for a live, you know, they're getting B stars most of the time. The fact that John Legend, I think he like produced it, which is why yeah, he mm -hmm. was Jesus, yeah. right? But everybody else besides like Sarah Bareilles wasn't really a massive name. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of like, let's just get someone who, and I think Alice Cooper maybe even like paid to do it. You know what I mean? Like I think he like like bought the spot or something, mm. or they just like found somebody who 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 could do it because his performance is like fine. You're like, yeah, great. I don't like but it. that song is fine in my opinion like yeah, the, the, I think, yeah it's not it's it's not a great number anyway like yeah like what? funny it's, character it's, it's a funny it's character not, before everybody dies yeah. it's like yeah. your last yeah. fun moment i know it, but it to is. me it's like it, it's it doesn't okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my, how my point is how in a real you. world setting i think you're right i think that this the whole cast i would do different things with but john legend actually sings the fuck out of a lot of it the guy oh, who yeah. played judas is stellar who played like Judas full in musical that? theater. I forget. Oh. Pam, you watched a few of the Sarah Bareilles uh, moments. Talk, talk to us about that. Let's just say that <laughs> Sarah Bareilles has the voice of an angel. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I don't know why there's laughter, but all right. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just out from your exuberance. It's yes, it's that's all. It's your line read. It's she is a goddess among mortals. And her performance in 
the live version is wonderful. I mean, she, she, her voice is stunning, so she nails the songs, but she's also a really underrated actress. And I think people who have seen her live on Waitress, unfortunately, I am not one of those people, but that's <laughs> a whole other podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, people who have seen her live as Jenna in Waitress have said that she is magnetic she's pam we will give you a whole hour long oh my god uh, please episode where you can just talk about how you haven't seen sarah Bareilles and in, in waitress on <laughs> <sighs> no that hurts it hurts my heart um uh his name is brandon victor dixon and he's oh, right. phenomenal and i, I yeah he's great he was i forgot yeah. his name he's yeah fantastic. i just remembered hating herod and the guy that played simon because i'm a big fan of the simon of the zealots song Oh yeah, and that whole dance number too. That guy sings his ass off in the old movie as well. My, Simon Zeltz, Larry Marshall played him in 1973, and I looked him right. up. He didn't have, I mean, he did some more small stuff, but he hasn't filmed anything since like the mid 90s or something. Wow. Well, mm. One of my favorite stories, and and it, it could be just an urban legend, internet legend, was that they had, at one point, approached Robert Plant to do Jesus, hmm. and his his voice would have been killer like and he yeah, kind of had cool. that look in in the early 70s you know but he was cool also, he was also dating a 15 year old at the time so i'm Oof. sure it wasn't no that Check. was jimmy that was jimmy page you're right i'm sorry uh I get to be robert fair to be fair that. robert plant was married and and not you're right i'm way off base i, fu- I fucking <laughs> Um, the phones are lighting so, up. The phones are lighting up. Uh, we're, we're, let's, it looks like we're getting all, all of our phone We can all agree that that, uh, that keeping 15-year-olds in your hotel room on tours yeah, is a great idea. It sounds like we're idea. getting a call here from the Robert Plant estate. Maybe, <laughs> um, let me just pull him through. Um, so uh, uh, I want to hear just real quick from you guys. What are your, your favorite, least favorite performances in the film? Uh, and maybe a favorite number from you. Uh, Scott, go ahead. Uh, well, Carl Anderson is just, I mean, it yeah. was just, just undeniable stunning to me. There wasn't really anything that I, I, I hated in it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What about you, Siege? I refuse. Like, I refuse to pick anything. <laughs> I, Carl Anderson obviously is like, sure. he's, he's the star in that movie. But like, I just, even, even Ted Neely, like he yeah. sings Gethsemane so well and that's true. The that's the song. You're right. That's so the well. song where I fully was like, oh fuck, maybe I'm wrong that he, I don't like him. Like this I is feel really like great. that's the song too that that Ted Neely was channeling Jesus the most, where he's like, "I'm For doing sure. it. I yeah. am the Son I'm of God right now. I'm in it." Yeah, um, yeah I like but yeah, that. Yeah, I one. just there's so many songs in the show that I I love and sing constantly. So yeah, uh, Pam, <laughs> I agree with CJ. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to comment. Sarah Bareilles is your favorite and least favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. well, uh, let's not say least favorite. Okay. <laughs> um, do we have any other thoughts on Jesus Christ Superstar before we move on to the Pam pick? The Pam pick. <laughs> the Pam pick. Uh, uh, n- no. I mean, it's. Uh, I think it might be due for a remake. I would love to see somebody remake it as a film and mm-hmm. play around with stuff and and don't put famous with... people in it please god don't put fucking famous well, people i mean in it's it. the problem is that you know with any musical as we'll discuss later is that sometimes you have to cast well let's film movies. it ourselves no famous people oh, i'll play jesus judas great. mary and simon and Herod. <laughs> that sounds and like you guys can do everything else it won't be a waste <laughs> of our time at all um <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I did. There was one other thing, and, and that is is when the film came out and the musical came out. One of the controversies was that it, it's anti-Semitic that it, it puts the the blame right. on the on the Jews for right. for 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 the crucifixion. And yeah. um, I just wanted I to mention want that because historically, you know, you know, it's it, but it's always going to be a controversy. There's no way you can turn it up or down. Like, you know, right. if you're, ta- if you're drawing that. from the Bible, the Bible says what it says. And I, right. so, I think yeah. that there are ways to personally. Yeah. But, I don't um, know. Turn- I don't know if it'll ever really turn down the controversy, but which is, yeah, but I just, I think there's a way to do it because there's a lot of politics that were going on then that aren't in the Bible that mm. make you sure. understand why things fell out the way they fell out and that it it isn't this hatred evil type of thing it was yeah i i could go on and on about it but like yeah it just it if you're going through from the bible or from mel gibson yeah it it's bad and it makes (laughs) it makes the it makes them look bad but if you actually we're getting a call here from the mel gibson estate now (laughs) just hang up on him just hang up on him (laughs) no i'm just drunk he's drunk (laughs) So Siege, since this was your pick, do you have any like final thoughts? Any uh, anything you want to leave us with? JCS for life, <laughs> y'all. Go see the film and celebrate Carl Anderson. Oh, He's so fucking. That is, it. it's <laughs> truly, it's one of those songs that I'll watch the YouTube video of it now and then just to like pump myself up. But also, it's on every playlist I have on Spotify. Like it's like it's on mm. hip hop playlists, you know, like it's on like, like mm-hmm. it, so that it just pops up and I'm like, oh, yeah. Let's do the whole thing now. All right. All right. And that's going to wrap things up for part one of our episode on movie musicals. Thank you so much for joining us. Huge shouts out uh, to Pam Quinn for joining us as our special guest on this episode. Uh, On behalf of CJ Bailey and myself, Scott Leggett, thank you so much. Please like, share, review. We're going to leave you with Pam Quinn's mashup song. Thank you all so much for joining us. See you next time. Michael.